0: It seems only appropriate that um, the two of us, uh, Joe Dempsey and I, who are playing the the prototypical holiday villains, are are struggling with our voices this holiday uh, season. Um, <laughs> how, how are you, Mister Potter? I'm just fine. What's it your business anyway? <laughs> Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, now in its 18th year, number 890, Potter v. Scrooge. time listeners will remember my previous conversation with Chicago actor Joe Dempsey, who played a delightful Peter Quince in the Chicago Shakespeare Theatre production of A Midsummer Night's Dream back in 2019. Joe is now playing the holiday season's other main villain, Mr. Potter, in the American Blues Theatre production of It's a Wonderful Life Live in Chicago, an interactive radio play version of the great Frank Capra film. Since I'm alternating in the role of Ebenezer Scrooge in A Christmas Carol at the Goodman Theater, and since both it and It's a Wonderful Life run through New Year's Eve, I can't actually see Joe's performance, so I was thrilled to talk to him about the fun of playing mean.
1: I got a, what was a slight cold last week, a, a week ago Friday, and, uh, it just really screwed things up for me and I, I limped over the finish line of Sunday night. Um and um I've been kind of on vocal rest and bed rest since then and I'm feeling like mm, 25% better. It's uh, right. very frustrating.
0: It's sort of it's sort of a thankful problem to have because we're not we're not bedridden and isolated with COVID. We only have rough voices
1: right right yeah but the problem is in our show we do a uh barbershop quartet version of um once in a lifetime and I have the baritone role (laughs) so it's right in the middle so when when I go up to do that's fine do do but then I have to go same as same as it ever and I can't
0: do it it's like same as it ever was it's hard in a barbershop quartet when you're singing all four parts at the same time. <laughs> now, I the, I obviously can't see your production of "It's a Wonderful Life" this year. I right? saw it, I think, through two two years ago, That's um, right. and it's and it's magnificent. What is what is the offer like? When when they say, because I, I, I get the same question. What's the yeah. offer like when it's like, God, we need somebody really hateful and villainous for play Mr. Potter. I know, Joe Dempsey. Yeah, well, here's, here's the thing. So
1: it's kind of a sad story, actually, because John Morline, the great Chicago actor, who passed away a year, two years ago, um, did it for like 20 years. Did the Clarence and Mr. Potter track and um was brilliant at it and then he got sick and I was initially brought on as just his backup understudy mainly for rehearsal if he was because he was in the middle of chemo and if he was having a bad day that I'd be able to take over for him and John walked into the first rehearsal and I just thought oh this is he looks really bad Mm. it looked really bad and then we had a break of about a week because somebody had a commitment out of town so we started we rehearsal a week early took a week off and john died during that week oh god yeah so then the role was mine to take over which was so much fun so the thing to my eco was somebody thought all right so clarence and old man potter joe dempsey's old enough to do those roles i was like oh 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 geez okay so that was that was, and then you know, but the, actually, being the uh, the jag off doesn't bother me a bit. I, I, I love playing jags, so you know, because Austin, as you know, I'm a great guy, so it's no,
0: it's no, <laughs> well, problem. and yes, uh, and and I think that for me, that because I've talked to a couple of different Scrooges who who say oh i just couldn't put put myself in that headspace before but it, <clears throat> at least in terms of scrooge it's a, it's a story of redemption and and I find I find all the mean stuff to be wonderfully cathartic. I get yeah. to say stuff I would never say or rarely think, uh-huh. um, in in my life. But I get to yeah. say it and get it out of my system. And in the service of uh, in the service of telling a story of redemption and demonstrating to audiences, yeah, don't be this guy.
1: Right. And the, but see, here's the flip side of that with old man Potter is he does not get that redemption. In fact, he gets away with stealing $8,000 and there's no justice for that. It's just, it's a, to me, it's the big flaw of the movie, which otherwise is just about flawless that nobody ever, Hey, I, Uncle Billy, when they're, when they're bringing in all the money at the end here, George, here, George, oh, George. And Uncle Billy should be like, "Ah, wait a minute. It's in Potter's lab. And then they all go down, get it, and he's brought up on charges. And, uh, you know, his empire is divested. And that, to me, speaks of the current day in a very powerful way.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, there is a Saturday Night Live sketch that does exactly what you said. Yes,
1: I remember that. It's got to be from, what, the 90s somewhere, right? Uh,
0: Or maybe the 80s, yes. Dana Carvey doing his Jimmy Stewart And John Lovett's doing, I think, Old Man Potter.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, but in terms of uh, Potter's Greed, uh, the only thing I pivot off of is I get a little cranky around Christmas because of the commercialization. So I just, that's how I substitute for Potter of like, why would I be in a bad mood when Uncle Billy is coming up to me and chatting and being so nice? Like, cause I freaking hate Christmas. (laughs) <laughs> yeah th- so that that works for me because people are taking the wrong lessons you know and 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 not to get too political but with this current day of a immigrant refugee crisis in our country the message of a babe newborn babe uh in a strange town with nowhere to stay to me is particularly resonant and if you look at many of our people in power they are not taking that lesson
0: yeah, uh, to heart. And the thing that I've been tapping into uh, this time of year is, is one, I think I'm the first Scrooge at the Goodman anyway, who has been cast in the role at an age at which he's appropriate to appropriate. play Scrooge. Yes. I'm the right age. And so, and so when w- w- the, the, the frustration and the denial that that scrooge goes into about well spirit why do you show me these things you idiot why do you think i'm showing you these things (laughs) or or or, or, why don't you believe in me well you may be an undigested bit of beef a a crumb of cheese i don't sleep well when i eat badly oh that's something i can totally tap into (laughs) for sure and 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 speaking of the current moment, our, the, our production directed by Jessica Thebus has some new bits every year, and and this one at the Fezziwig party, there's a kind of a Christmas Carol around the world, where all these different languages get a season holiday greetings get brought up in spoken by different languages, spoken by the different members of the cast. Oh, wow. And it's great. It's such a wonder, a wonderfully welcoming, inclusive moment. And yet even in rehearsal, I'm standing up on the balcony going, this is so woke. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I go, Oh, of course th- The people who use woke in that pejorative way are the scroogiest amongst us. Yes.
1: This is Matt Walker, the artistic director of the Troubadour Theater Company in Los Angeles, and you're
0: listening to the Reduce Shakespeare Podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC? In the first half of 2024, we'll be performing the complete history of comedy abridged in California in February, Michigan in March, and Virginia in April. Check out the touring page at our website, ReduceShakespeare.com, or our social media pages for venue and ticket information. Now back to my conversation with Joe Dempsey talking about playing Mr. Potter in the American Blues Theater production of It's a Wonderful Life live in Chicago through New Year's Eve. You get sort of the best of both worlds in that you're playing Potter, but you are playing an actor playing Potter in this live radio broadcast. Cast. Does yes. that give you um emotional plausible deniability? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um in the moment I'd have to say no, but yeah. you know, but looking at it overall, absolutely that totally makes sense to me. Of you know, because you get you get done with the scene, you go down, sit down on your chair, you know, and you might have cough drop, you look at the audience, you appreciate the other performers on stage, what they're doing, and then you get up and you're you're a jag again.
0: So <laughs> <laughs> yeah um um well yeah and that's and that's why i was not intimidated to take on the role of scrooge where we i don't have a script in my hand joe dempsey yes thank you very much yes. but um i i wasn't intimidated by i going well it seems easily two-thirds of the show is just people dressed as ghosts po- grabbing you by the shoulders and pointing you and saying look at this yes. watch this yes So I'm just watching other actors and at my first run through, I, I got applause. I said, are you kidding? I have the front row seat to some of the finest talent on stage do telling this story. And you've got the same, that same pleasure. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So we got Mike Mahler and his
1: wife and fantastic actor, Dara Cameron. We've got Aubrey Billings. We've got Ian Paul Custer um, then I mentioned me, we've got me, <laughs> we've got, uh, JG Smith on the Foley because we have a whole Foley setup since it's a radio setup. And of course, Brandon Dahlquist. So these, uh, I've known everybody for at least a decade yeah. before I even got this show and, uh, you know, oh, and Manny Buckley, I'm forgetting Manny Buckley, who's just does nothing but hit home runs. Mm. Uh, and, um, It's it's you know, it's kind of a I think home might be overstating it a bit, but this is the third year in a row of this cast in this incarnation. And um, and we all just we mesh together well. And on top of all that is that we're in this new space that American Blues built out in nine months. You know, uh, I'm still walking in the door every night, shaking my head, looking around at this beautiful space. So, at uh, I don't have the address in front of me, but it's at Lincoln and Bryn Mawr yeah. in the Butlong Woods neighborhood on the north side. And uh, have you been in yet, Austin? I've not, out? no, uh,
0: yeah, it's, it's I've seen photos, it's it's spectacular. Not only that uh, American Blues has a, a new space all its own, but it has a new space all its own coming out of a pandemic when so many theaters are struggling and even yeah. indeed closing. Yeah.
1: We had this great uh, ribbon-cutting ceremony. The mayor was there. The alder was there. Alder Vasquez, um, the state senator, the state rep all spoke. Mm. Wendy Whiteside, the artistic director, spoke. It was uh, just a, a beautiful day. And we're the first show to rehearse and perform in there, and I feel so honored. So that all overrides any emotional baggage i might have having to do old man potter and it doesn't uh, i don't know maybe i am a jack because it doesn't bother me at all to do old man potter
0: no i mean I, 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 a story is i've said this before a story is only as good as its villain and <laughs> uh, and and uh, and your hero can't be heroic if your if your villain isn't formidable if there's nothing to overcome. Yeah. Right. So, right. I mean, we are in the service. This We are in the service of a story greater than ourselves. If we had that much ego and went, Oh, I don't want to, I can't possibly do that. Well, yeah. then get, you need to get, find another line of work, kid. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. I wonder for you,
1: Do you feel like, you know, so you're on stage going, what is a of that? And uh, but then you're in this incredible space of the main stage of the Goodman. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's such both of us get to the, the privilege to play these roles in these productions, in these spaces right. is enormous. And there are there are moments where I have to pinch myself both on stage and off stage when I think, hang on, there are certain moments of Christmas Carol at the Tony winning Goodman Theater in Chicago where there's only one actor on stage and it's me. <laughs> what?
1: How is that
0: possible? Oh man, that's awesome. It's this time of year when not only uh, not only actors want to be doing something worthy this time of year, but audiences want to see something that is heartwarming, that's funny that yeah. ha- that has a, a little that has some music, that has a sense of poignance. We all do. We all do want to be gathered together to share in this sort of live event. Now, let's let's
1: talk about that for a second, because that's interesting you bring that up, because I, certainly with our show, it's the case. I know it's probably the case with yours, but it's interesting, not good or bad, just interesting, that an audience comes in with an expectation of, I want Christmas spirit. God damn it. That, that's why I'm here. Yeah, So that's really interesting as opposed to going to see 12th night or a new play or death of a salesman, you know, uh, that, that they come in with an expectation. Uh, I I, I'm trying to think of another show I do or have done with that. I guess with marketing, maybe the audience generally knows whether it's a drama or comedy. Uh, but otherwise it's, it's a little, it's an interesting puzzle to put that in where the audience has this expectation from the moment they sit
0: down. You're 100% right. And we've noticed that with uh, with The Ultimate Christmas Show Abridged because with all of our other shows, whether they're about Shakespeare or about history or about literature, audiences come in with different expectations. Oh, I don't know Shakespeare. Oh, I hate Shakespeare. Oh, I don't know much about American history. I hate American history. What are we here for? I just want to laugh. But Christmas, you're right. Everybody knows the story, everybody knows the feeling that they want. Yeah. Everybody wants comes in with the same as you say expectation and the same knowledge of what we're talking about, particularly like with Christmas carol and and um and it's a wonderful life. Then yeah. the really nice thing is when like student matinees can be typically horrible, <laughs> but with Christmas carol certainly, the yeah. you know, this is sometimes the first the first theater piece they've ever seen, they're ever seeing. Uh, and it might be the first time they're seeing this story or this version of the story. So you get those honest, unedited, not polite responses where I'll say a bunch of things in the first scene and and a kid will go, you'll hear kids in the audience go, he's so mean. <laughs> the uh, The other thing about it is we have two
1: commercial breaks during our show where we do jingles for local businesses and thanking some donors but then we also do audiograms from the audience real audiograms that people have pre-written and they're all about this is our fifth year this is our 11th year coming this is our tradition and uh things like that or about um a son thanking a parent of this is our 12th year and we're so you know so the the f- the familial connection connection as well is yeah. uh, really interesting and uh i have to say very heartwarming
0: and fingers crossed you and i'll be playing these roles for years to come and i'll never get to see you again <laughs> That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Comedy podcast, except for one more thing, which I'll share with you in about 60 seconds, so stick around. It's a Wonderful Life live in Chicago runs through New Year's Eve at the American Blues Theater in their brand-new home on Lincoln Avenue. Go to AmericanBluesTheater.com for more information. Then send us your old building and loan via email to feedback at shakespeare.com, or throw a comment to us over on the socials or on our own actual website, ReducedShakespeare.com or visit my website, TheShakespeareans.com. Thanks as always to Zuzu's Petal, Matthew Croak. Web services by Ginger Power Limited, music by John Weber and Garage Band, and this week by Eric Essex, whose holiday album My Gift to You is in my regular rotation this time of year. Our random fan shout-out this week goes to Suzanne Ross. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to Matt Walker, the artistic director of the Troubadour Theatre Company in Los Angeles, whose hysterical sold-out production of White Album Christmas just closed at the Colony Theatre in Burbank. And as always, thanks very much to you for listening. Please continue to stay safe and keep your masks on. I'm Austin Titchener, 890-2670th.com of the Reduced Shakespeare Company and for this final podcast of 2023 I leave you with this ultimate holiday greeting. One, two, three, four. Happy Merry Christmas, Chronica That's the only thing you'll ever have to say. Happy Merry Christmas, Monica Wishes everyone if you want to spread some universal cheers say happy merry christmas wanna you know you want to go because it's wanna everyone this year christmas come at-